0: I'm Critter. I'm Jace. And we should be working. working. God damn it. It's one, two, (laughs) say it. All right. I'm Critter. I'm Jace. And And we should should be working. working. I fucking hate you so much. (laughs) (laughs) I want the first words of this podcast to be I like to show up for things sweaty.
1: I do like to show up for things very sweaty because it tells people that I'm a hard worker.
0: Is that what it tells people?
1: Is that what it tells people? <laughs> Is that performative sweatiness? <laughs> it wasn't the other day.
0: He's just spraying himself. He's misting himself before calls.
1: I went to a job interview once. It's back when we lived in DC, and uh, it was like a it was a very hot day. It was a summer day, and the place was only like a ten minute bike ride away. But I was in a suit, and I was like, "Well, I could still bike, whatever." Side so biker over there it was fine. The suit was fine. I go inside. I catch a glimpse of myself as I'm walking past. You know, the bathroom door is open. I see myself in the mirror, and I'm just like drenched in sweat. So I'm like, oh no problem. So I go in the bathroom and I like paper towel off. And throughout the interview, every five minutes, I had to be like, excuse me. <laughs> yes, that's a great question. Let me tell you about my my thoughts on that. <laughs> I did not. I don't know if that's why, but I did not get that job. <laughs>
0: I uh I, I had a similar situation. It's actually, you know, You're familiar with the fanny pack from phase two. Yeah. One of the first calls for fanny pack, I was like 20 houses down at my sister-in-law's house. She lives in the neighborhood. And I joined a call and realized her internet wasn't going to make it. So I sprinted up to my house. And then the first, if you ever like try leading a call and talking nonstop right after sprinting, it just, you can't catch your breath for so long. It takes so long and it was just horrible.
1: Oh, thank you. So what's right, up Sarah. y'all? tell us about your sweat
2: (laughs) my sweat Uh oh i just solved this problem by not sprinting i don't know
1: (laughs) you're smart when you put it like that it sounds
0: i haven't thought of that yeah Yeah. Clean. simple solutions what's y'all's deal what's going on here what are you doing here you leading a thing or something
1: I'm
2: making eye contact through the camera with Jordan. Uh, Yeah, we're here because we we love improv. We love teaching people improv. We love teaching leaders improv and teaching them how to use the mindsets of improv and become better, more capable, resilient, and confident leaders. And so we want to talk about it. And you, Mike, were also in one of our experiences, and we'd love to hear your experience of it, especially because it was many months ago. and learning how your leadership has changed as a result of it. That's why we're here, right, Jordan?
1: That is absolutely why we're here. Thank you, Sarah, and thank you for having us, Mike. Yeah, we are actually very, very passionate about this, and we truly believe that the mindsets that improvisers use to create something from nothing on stage are actually extremely applicable to the work that leaders and and the rest of us do every day, because no one hands us a script. Every day, you get a calendar full of meetings, but you don't get a script for how they're going to go. Unfortunately, so we're constantly figuring it out and improvising.
0: Did y'all meet through improv?
2: We met through an organization called the Global Play Brigade, um, which is effectively a nonprofit, kind of grassroots organization that sprouted up during the pandemic um, to connect people through play during a time of great uncertainty, loneliness. Uh, and so Jordan and I separately got involved in that, and I think once we were in kind of that ecosystem, got on each other's radars. So that's how we that's how we met. We haven't known each other that long, but it's been no. great to partner together.
0: Are I you a what? Jordan, just go. What?
1: I was gonna say uh, my real introduction to Sarah was I signed up for one of her workshops um, a year or so ago. I don't know how long ago it was at this point.
2: Yeah, it's a year ago.
1: And I really liked it. I was like. I should meet this person she seems very interesting it does work that is very similar to work that I do
0: so are you a would you call yourself a coach too sir
2: yes yeah so I am a leadership coach and team development facilitator and the meeting or the workshop that Jordan's referring to was called playful meetings for meeting leaders so something that I conceived of early in the pandemic when lots of leaders were having to host meetings online having no idea how to spark connection and creativity in that space and so it's just kind of like offering little co- kind of like appetizers in the forms of activities and games that leaders could bring in so that was the context what we met but yeah i do one-on-one leadership coaching as well so when jordan and i met it was like we're both coaches we're both facilitators we're both improvisers is there anything that we're not both and we have found a few things but but the headlines yeah um, we're so compatible that it was just from the be- first time that we met, we were like, w- how do we collaborate together? What do we want to make? What do we, what do we want to do? And that was how managing with m-
1: improv mindset was born. It was a real life version of the Spider-Man meme with the mm-hmm. Spider-Mans pointing at each other.
0: So was the, the cohort that I was in, was that the very first one? Do y'all remember?
1: Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Do you get what nervous do you do before that? something like that?
2: When I've led things by myself, sometimes I'll get nervous. But with Jordan, and we both, I remember us both saying this, that it was weird because for this experience, neither of us really felt nervous because I really think we both had each other's backs. We had planned it beyond what one should plan for something like that. Um, And just went into it committed to having a lot of fun. And then also after a workshop, sometimes you can, as a facilitator, feel... of lonely and you wonder what people thought but when you have such a strong co-facilitator you can talk about it after and pump each other up and give each other shout outs. so for that particular one i think we were just really excited to share what we built with you all and just the response from folks like you and the other folks in it um, was really promising
1: what sarah's describing is makes uh, reminds me quite a bit of being on an improv team right like yes it's natural to get nervous before a performance but you've also prepared you're surrounded by people who you know are going to support you and make you look good in the moment and your job is to do the same for them and then afterwards yeah you're not debriefing alone by yourself of like was that any good you've got a crew of people who are like oh this was great this thing was great you know we're kind of lifting each other the, the lifting up and support goes beyond the event itself which is really nice
0: is there like a Is there a constructive feedback aspect? Like after you both lead something like that, do you come at each other and be like, I wonder if maybe you should have done X in this situation or something like that?
1: We have been going back over the way that we've been structuring some of these things. So yes, I would say yes. Um, Not like we don't really give each other notes of like say this, don't say that more like what can we together change next time to make this thing even stronger? What can we learn as facilitators from the last round of this to make the next one better?
2: It's very much a we, um, and so just to give a kind of an example, both Jordan and I, when we're very excited and passionate about something, can start talking really fast. So before we head into a workshop, I might be like, "We <laughs> should focus on taking a breath, and we'll take a breath uh, before we before we head in." And so I think you know afterwards, it's all any feedback is always offered of a. Hey, I wonder if we tried this next time, if that might be more effective to achieve this outcome or to create this environment. But I mean, I think like feedback here, like in an organizational setting, the more trust you have between the giver and the receiver, it doesn't even necessarily feel like feedback. It just feels like both people wanting a more success moving forward and both people are willing to contribute to solutions to help it happen. Um, So that's kind of the approach that we have together.
1: It's shocking coming from me, I would say. My my owning, my part of it is a little shocking, but it feels like a very egoless process where it consistently feels like we're both most concerned with kind of what will make this product the best it can be. How do we make this experience better than it was before? Which is great. It's a very motivating place to come from when you're doing this kind of work.
0: I remember. I still remember the the three uh, improv mindsets really well from from the one oh, that cool. I, I, is this time. still a, you still yeah. So oh I, I can I can name them. Uh, everything is gift. Um, say yes and to every situation and make everyone else look brilliant.
1: Woo! Nicely done, Mike.
0: Yeah, man. Um, is this still a, is, you know, has that changed at all? Or are those still the three that you like, I guess I, I, y'all probably didn't invent those three, right? Those are like <laughs> just a global in, improv. This is how you do it type thing.
2: Yeah, there is kind of like a universal language of improv, which is kind of yeah. nice. And before every workshop we do the kind of got your back and have people kind of simulate patting each other on the back. Because if you were to do improv around the world, You'd probably find a bunch of improvisers standing in a circle doing I got your back and so yes those mindsets that you um, that you mentioned there might be small wording tweaks, but those are the founding building blocks of improv And so anybody who's studied improv will be familiar with with that in some regard mm-hmm. Gif- gifts might be called offers. Um, or, you know, making everybody look brilliant might be a, make everybody look great. You know, it's little tweaks like that, but the heart of it is still there. Um, and even in our longer, so after those standalone meeting with an, uh, managing with an improv mindset, we launched leading with an improv mindset, which is a four week series. And yes, we, it's still those same core mindsets we just have a lot more time to dive in to practice to practice both in the sessions and also between sessions um so yeah we're not we're not throwing on much more in terms of content but really allowing folks to dive deeper
1: because each of those concepts can go surprisingly deep yeah really start getting into i mean you're like yes <clears throat> say, say yes and every situation like what does that really mean it doesn't mean literally say Yes, I accept this terrible idea, and I'm going to run with it. It means something much, much deeper, right? About like accepting the reality that is that is shared between you and someone else, accepting circumstances, accepting what someone else really wants, even if it's different than what you want, and finding mm-hmm. ways to build on that. And we could go, and we do, <laughs> we, could, we could go on at length about these topics. So it's nice to have some more breathing room beyond uh, the 90-minute version that you got to experience, Mike.
0: It's, it's interesting to me how, like, since then, I've seen a lot of, I don't know, like, quotes or ideas or whatever that have made a big impact on me. And then I realized, like, actually, that's just another way of saying one of those three improv mindsets. You know, like, um, just the other day, have you ever heard of uh, conscious leadership? Is that like a common thing in coaching circles? All right. So conscious leadership has the 15 commitments. And one of them, which I have right here, is... I commit to uh, I commit to seeing all people and circumstances as allies that are perfectly suited to help me learn the most important things for my growth. I was like, "Oh, that's really just saying everything is a gift." You know, that's just another way of saying that. Ooh. And like, yeah. uh, I really like the quote: "Stop trying to be impressive and start trying to be warm." And that's really just saying make everyone else look brilliant. And it's just you know it applies to so much. It's like every day, I feel like I I realize another situation that's just oh, that's just another way of saying the improv mindset.
1: I love that. Are these things actually those other things or have you simply now adopted the improv mindset? That's kind of the lens that you start to see things through.
0: (laughs) Do you want to have a coaching session right here right now? Because we can get into
1: this. (laughs) Well, no, but it's true. I mean, like I see things through that mindset because this has been a world I've been steeped in for so long. And I know Sarah's the same way that like I see I see parallels to it everywhere. And I think it, it stems in part from like that universality of the improv experience that Sarah was just talking about. Like the fact that you can do improv around the world and it will basically be the same set of skills, I think speaks to kind of the, the universal nature of some of these concepts and like they, they do surface. There's crossover with, you know, Zen Buddhism concepts. There's crossover with like, uh, certainly coaching concepts, um, leadership concepts, all sorts of other things. And I'll be surprised sometimes where out in the world, I'll come across something and I'm like, this is like a, like a 200 page way to say yes. And, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: and, and I'm not surprised that you saw overlap in conscious leadership and I'm not deeply familiar with that program, but so much of what improv can be supportive of, and this is a particularly helpful for leaders, is building awareness of consciousness of how you're showing up, how others are showing up, the dynamic between you. It's because that yes part of the yes and is really about noticing, noticing the gifts in the landscape. It's it kind of goes hand in hand with a higher level of consciousness. Um, And because improv is very, the and is like, what choice do I want to make, given what I'm noticing and higher consciousness is about recognizing that everything is a choice. Uh, And so I can see, see how beautifully those things
1: kind of go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well said. I, I feel like part of what we're teaching in this class and what we help people kind of experience is the the power of noticing yourself and your defaults and your own. You know, so I said, right, the improv mindset is kind of my filter. Like, what is your filter and how is it impacting how you tend to react and respond to situations every day? And we're giving people a new, I don't know, like a new set of glasses to put on to start to see things through and practice things through.
0: That seems scary. Having to come to terms with my own filters.
1: (laughs) It can be. But we, we put in a lot of work. A lot of prep work goes into making it a safe and playful experience. And hopefully, that's something that you experienced, Mike, when you joined us. But we, since it's already scary to make things up, it's scary to make things up in front of people, we try to make it a safe and fun environment, right? Like these are, you're there to practice, you're there to play and practice, not to master and get something right in front of everyone. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, that's one of the other things that I, I liked about it. It's like the fact that I know that we're all sort of trying to f- play by the same rules. And I know that no matter how how stupid of a thing I could say when we're like improvising some situation, everybody else has to say yes and to that. It makes it so much safer for me. You know, knowing that nobody can be like, that doesn't make any sense. That's real stupid. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. When you know your ideas are going to be welcomed and worked with, I mean, one of the things that I remember from from the workshop that you attended, Mike, was you have all these leaders who spend so much time caring for their teams and for others. And there was a moment where folks realized... That when they received that gift of being listened to and having their ideas be warmly received, like just how good that felt and how sometimes as leaders and managers, how isolating it can feel. And you don't necessarily always get kind of like the emotional support that comes with that. Um, So, yeah, to have an experience like that was was unique and special for a lot of folks.
0: Yeah, that's really true. Yeah. Leadership is so lonely and there's so much so much you like that jordan oh, <laughs> it's it so, truly face is lit is up oh yeah. it
1: really is and there's and so I much think... good sorry mike uh, i was just going to say i think i think leaders don't often talk about it like you're not often incentivized to have feelings at work and that puts an extra burden on leaders to kind of put on a brave face and i think underneath that tends to build up a lot of fear and anxiety that the improv mindset can help kind of start to dispel because you can end up feeling like oh it's okay to make a mistake it's okay not to know i'm still a leader even if i don't know the answer to something or even if i feel a certain way about something if i feel frustrated i'm, so, I'm so, i can still be a leader mhm
0: yeah i have a beef with that i have a beef with this this whole idea of like the the steadfast leader like the myth of the steadfast leader like the leader who on one hand preaches vulnerability and authenticity and then on the other hand when they themselves are stressed or upset about something they Pretend they act like they're a rock and you know, like nothing's wrong and kind of there's like a hypocrisy there um, And that's one of the things that I liked about uh, about the improv mindsets is that it helped me to be able to Not be lying When I tried to have a positive reaction to something, you know, Does that mm-hmm. makes sense.
2: Yes, right because It can sometimes feel like inauthentic to celebrate every idea so, yeah. Is that so? Is or, it or finding like a way a, to authentically honor what somebody has shared without necessarily agreeing with it. Is that? Am I putting?
0: Let me give there? you a specific example. Yeah. Um, the company I work at right now is going through layoffs, and uh, it's been like multiple months of we're not sure when more layoffs are going to be announced and who's going to be impacted and stuff. Um, so just like a prime example of a time where it would be really easy to just moan and gripe and be upset and stressed and you know like I am upset and stressed still Um, but if I force myself to think about everything is a gift how is this a gift like there are very real ways that this situation has been a gift and an opportunity for me Um, and for my team and for a lot of different people you know is as terrible as it is uh, in other ways like there are ways that this is a good thing in some ways Um, so like thinking about it from that point of view has helped me to to um, be authentic in making the best of something as opposed to just this sort of like fake leader who just kind of, you know, says everything's going to be okay, whatever, blah, 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 and doesn't really believe it.
1: I love that because people can pick up on, on that lack of authenticity, right? Especially when times are tough. They know often when someone is just putting on a brave face and it People, I think, tend to think that the brave face will make people feel you know, safe and, and like things are okay, and really they end up feeling a lack of human emotional connection, which makes them feel not safe and like things are not okay. Oh, what isn't Mike telling us? Why does he keep smiling? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. You know, why don't we ever see him upset? Hmm. Um,
0: Jace just texted me to clarify. He's not in Vegas, as I said earlier. He's actually in Hawaii.
1: Huh. even better. Yeah. We With his new girlfriend.
2: This podcast. Right.
0: Can you what? Can we, can we relocate
2: to Hawaii? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't care where he is. He needs to be here. This is a responsibility. This is not okay.
1: <laughs> all right, we're gonna head to Jace's family compound in Hawaii. I'm assuming his family has a compound.
0: <laughs> I don't know what they have. I don't know. His family's all over the place, just like he is.
1: <laughs> Mike, all can right. I ask you something? Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm scared. First of all, you should know. Uh, and podcast listeners will back me up on this, that the way I prepped Sarah for this was, Mike's not going to have any questions. There's going to be no structure. We're going to have to bring everything. And here you are with this amazing set of questions. So nicely done. Without man, you truly can, can soar. It's kind of amazing.
0: He Jace, ruins we, me. We love he does. You,
1: Jace, come back. <laughs> I just wanted to ask you, before you signed up for uh, managing with an improv mindset, you, you'd never done improv before. Is that correct?
0: No. I unless we had done like uh, in one of the coaching sessions maybe we had done like one of the intro right improvs but I think that I don't think I had even done that before
1: what what led you to sign up for something that was based on improvisation
0: um, it just sounded like fun I don't know I didn't really think about it too much it's just like you know Jordan's leading this Jordan's a fun guy uh, the idea of getting together with other people who are in similar roles as me and goofing around with them for you know a little while like, why would I not want to do that?
1: That sounds like fun. Let me put it that way.
0: <laughs> was it not fun for you?
1: Oh, I think some people... It was very fun for me, but I mean, for some people, there's also a lot of fear there, right? If, like, oh,
0: I was a, terrified, too. Yeah, don't get me wrong.
2: <laughs> what were you terrified of?
0: Uh, Role play. Like, role play in general is something that really freaks me out. Like, I... um, Or not even... Not necessarily role play, storytelling, like create creativity in front of people in real time, maybe is the thing that scares me. Um, And I don't know that this is, it's probably just a social anxiety, like there's no real reason for it other than just, you know, what if I try and be funny and nobody laughs and that's awkward and therefore I'm the worst or something. Um... But, I, yeah, it was, it was definitely one of those things where, like, I signed up for it ahead of time because I thought, that sounds like fun. And then an hour before, I was like, I'm scared. Why did I do this? I shouldn't have done this. Um, and even in the meeting, like, there were times when I, you know, when we first started a a game um, and it was, like, a few people that I didn't know, I was like, this is scary. Uh, but once once you're 30 seconds in, I think that sort of just kind of goes away.
2: Well, I think the fear makes total sense. I mean, you went from, like, I am having to make something up on the spot. What if people think it's basically dumb? And what if that means I'm literally the worst person in the world? Yeah, the stakes I mean, are brain, real high. Yes, no, but our but everybody's brains do that. You go from like, if I share this little idea and it's not received well, what does that say about me as a person and my worthiness of basically existence? Like the, we can jump from that so quick. Um, so you you were you were not alone in that room of feeling that way, um, so yeah, very common.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my go-to recently has just been to admit it right off the bat. Say like, you know, I'm real nervous right now, <laughs> and I find that that helps diffuse people a little bit. Cause yeah, like you said, everybody's nervous just like I am for the most part, unless you're an sociopath like Jace.
1: I mean, there is an improv concept, which. I haven't figured out which of our which of our uh, mindsets this kind of maps back to yet. But this idea of like, if you're in a, an improv scene and there is something kind of going on that everyone is noticing, name it. And then you get to both defuse it and play with it. It becomes your thing instead of the other thing that is kind of there with you. It's very similar. I mean, it's a, it's a facilitator's mindset thing as well of like, name it to tame it, right? Name, name the thing that's in the room so that it doesn't have so much power. And now you can use it as a tool So I love that. Just opening up with like, I'm really nervous to be here right now. Like now that's your nervousness. You get to own it instead of everybody else being like, Oh, look at Mike. He looks really nervous. Mm -hmm. I
2: think that's, I think it's two mindsets. I think it's the the yes of Mm. saying like, I'm noticing something, so I'm going to offer it up. And then I think it's, everything's a gift. As soon as you offer it up, you've now kind of offered this gift to other people of, This emotion that you're experiencing that now maybe they can relate to, they can play with, now they can and it, right? So it's all everything's the improv mindset. I
0: don't know if Brene Brown created this or just found it some somewhere. Um, but in the Brene Brown book at one point I read about these, it's like the vowel check. It's like A-E-I-O-U-Y, and they all stand for something. And the U stands for unexpressed emotions. And so like, it's like a daily check in on, you know, when you get to the U, you're like, what, what emotions have I not expressed to someone? Um, And I'm always, whenever I do that, I'm always surprised to find I have a bunch of them. (laughs) Like, I haven't really been thinking about it, you know, but like once i force myself to, it's like just a long list of stuff that I'm worried about and haven't told anybody about or whatever. Um, And saying it to literally anyone, it's just, it's, it makes it so much more bearable. So what's the structure? What's the structure that we're looking at for this? You said it's it's now uh, leader leading with a improv mindset.
2: Yeah. So we our original one would bit was excuse me our original offering was managing with an improv mindset. That's the one you took, which was the standalone, and it was really geared for people managers. Uh, but we realized we know that the improv mindset is good for anybody. Who is well anybody period but any leader in any seat whether you manage people directly whether you manage projects have to influence influence without authority uh, so we kind of broadened the offering to leading with an improv mindset it is now four sessions offered weekly and there is a guide that we give people week by week to focus and hone their attention in the in between times to apply these mindsets document what's happening and then we use that in the following session and then we also have as a part of this a one-on-one coaching session that folks can can do with either me or Jordan uh, to kind of take a specific scenario that or or thought that they're maybe still wrestling with and get some dedicated one-on-one time. So that's the program. Jordan, did I miss anything?
1: No, I just wanted to add that the what I something I really like about the 4 weeks is, you know, A, we have a chance to kind of dive deeper into these topics like we were talking about before, but also B, you get to start to see people change and grow over that time it's it's enough time to take those first steps and to start putting these things into practice a little bit and people begin to bring back these stories of like actually you know when i tried you know really actively listening in this meeting or yes ending this situation like here's this new result that happened for me and that is just so fascinating and gratifying to hear about
0: so okay did i hear this right It's it's one so one session a week one group session a week for four weeks correct okay how long are the group sessions each time
2: 60 minutes otherwise uh-huh. is one hour <laughs> <laughs> yes. um
0: and then when does the one-on-one coaching session happen
2: that is available for folks any time after we start our first session to i think a couple weeks after the last session so they can decide uh when they might want to use that
0: and how many people are in the group sessions
2: we are we We've capped it at, it 15? 15, I think. 15, we capped it at 15. Um, our last cohort had 10 folks, mm-hmm. which was a nice size. So it's, yeah. a, it's a smaller group experience, enough to kind of be exposed to a variety of different leaders, folks on different teams, organizations, uh, but small enough to be able to play games as a group, to debrief as a group and, and kind of get those takeaways in a meaningful way.
0: Do each of the sessions have a, a theme or anything like that or They sure do. Did they that wasn't I didn't actually know that. It might sound like that to the listener. I'm laughing
1: because Sarah named them last time. And now I'm trying to remember what the what the names were. It's
0: quiz time for you now, Jordan.
2: I, I think it well we can we can pull up the document. I think it's something like Introduction to the improv Mindset. That's a good name. Yes. The next one's called like, yes, uh, is it listen? Oh gosh, Jordan. What is so it? It's basically like introduction and then it's really diving in on the yes. And then the next session is really diving in on the and. And then the last session is called in kind of integrating with Brings an improv mindset. But the, the thing is, is that we're always taking the learnings from the past session. That's one nice thing about kind of an ongoing session is that we're taking the learnings from the last time, adding a little bit more. So you're 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 reinforcing the concepts that you've already learned.
0: So how much go ahead, Jordan.
1: Oh, just to and and just to clarify, it's not us teaching for an hour, right? This, as you experience, this is not like sit there and take notes while we show you slides for 60 minutes, you know, and then hold 30 seconds for questions. It's activities, it's conversation, it's you know bring us okay so you practice this skill over the past week like let's talk about kind of what what happened for you when you try that and how was that and what was what was challenging what have you learned what can other people learn you know who else felt something like that that kind of thing and so that's another benefit of kind of having the group and doing it in real time together is you do get to hear about other people's experiences and it's always cool to see the kind of connections get sparked across people who maybe didn't know each other before but it's like oh yeah i also experienced this kind of thing you know around yes ending or whatever
0: that's good you totally you made me forget what i was gonna ask i had a great follow-up it was amazing nailed it, nailed it. dang it yeah it's gone so um like. hey what's the deal with my buddy sid he was like a a, a participant or something and there was some confusion <laughs> about who it was i'm very confused by this whole situation
1: we weren't confused yeah sid we were pretty confused. clear <laughs> Well, you might, be- Sarah. Do you want to take this?
2: Yeah. So Sid participated in our last leading with an improv mindset group. Uh, he was fantastic, and when we knew we were launching this upcoming May group, we asked if he would be willing to talk about his experience, what he took from it. We did that for the internet, uh, and that—that that was it. No, it was pretty pretty straightforward. What what was confusing?
0: <laughs> That's a good question. I need a. a- there was some comment about like it's me the former participant and then oh, somebody okay. commented okay. commented and oh, said, I said like oh the mystery oh. was
2: revealed. Yes. So when Jordan made the invite for this kind of LinkedIn Live session, he said something like and we'll be speaking with a former participant. But didn't name Sid at the moment. And so when Sid went to share with his network about what was going on, he said, It's me, I'm the former participant. And I think I chimed in and was like, It's been revealed, the mystery. Yeah. It okay. was not it was not a capital M mystery, it was a lowercase Weak. M mystery. Jordan just didn't like tags, sid in the original we didn't have
1: the technology to like put his face in shadow and alter his voice so we had to just <laughs> reveal that it was him
0: <laughs> yeah when sarah when you that's what it was with uh, your comment the mystery has been revealed i thought that you really didn't know who it was and then i was like what <laughs> what
1: very funny
0: yeah i'm just real stupid um that's no, cool I
1: don't though know. yeah no sarah and i try not to surprise each other actually when we're working together because we find that we work much better together. We can be very productive, but it's, you know, it's again, like surprising someone isn't necessarily always a way to make them look brilliant to come back to one of the improv mindset concepts. And so the more that we prepare and plan together, the better we can both look when we, when we show up for something or to do this work together. And you know, that's a leadership skill as well. The more you make the people around you look good, the more you kind of it's sort of a rising tide effect everybody Mm -hmm. starts to to look and to perform better people people will often perform up to your expectations of them
2: and the cool thing about being in the world of like improv aka a performance art is that we get to use the word like performing better together and it has many meanings because we kind of think of both the group that we're working with as effectively a team, an ensemble that is learning how to do improv together, um, learning how to perform in new ways. Um, and so that's that's fun to play with too.
0: If you did surprise each other, then you could pick a worse person to surprise since the other person would be really good at treating it like a gift. Yes. <laughs> You're not like that
1: one. <laughs> yes? Yes, I think that is true. We will both we will both do our best, you know, reacting in the moment and treating a surprise as a gift. Yeah. And we will try not to surprise each other.
0: Have you had any big surprises while leading a, a group session? Or have they all gone smoothly and as planned? I
2: think they've all gone pretty smoothly. I think most, and I don't mean surprise, I, I think we've been wonderfully surprised how quickly people embrace what we're trying to share. I, I think we often go in being like, people are gonna be terrified. Nobody's wanna, gonna wanna do this. We're gonna have to field a lot of questions and like ease everybody's minds. But I, I think that one of the kind of magic things that the combination of me and Jordan offer is just creating a space that i think people do feel comfortable in pretty quickly and so i've been pleasantly surprised that we don't that people are willing to jump in and kind of trust us trust the process um, and surprise themselves with what they're able to do creatively as a leader as an improviser so that's that's i think been the best surprise
1: yeah i've had i've i shouldn't be surprised because we put a lot of work into designing this to have an impact beyond just the four weeks but i am always surprised to hear pleasantly to hear about oh yeah you know it's a it's a month it's two months later and i'm using these skills still well mike like what you were saying you know okay i'm in this very stressful situation around layoffs and i am trying to treat things as a gift and it's it's a surprise because I've been to a lot of trainings, you know, leadership development type things that don't really last beyond the moment, right? You have a really great time in the two hours that maybe, you know, you're with someone and I take pages of notes and then months later, it's all, you know, a lot of it is, is, is kind of gone. And so it's a nice surprise always to hear that, like, people are beginning to kind of embody these things and take them, carry, carry these concepts with them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's got to feel good. That's like a coach's dream right there. That sense of fulfillment.
2: Yeah. And Jordan, when you said the word embodied, like I was thinking that right at the same time, one of the things, one of the reasons I think improv is such an effective process tool to engage in leadership development is that it is full body. It is your body doing things. You're actually doing the thing. You are not just passively receiving information. You can only like do improv (laughs) and you don't learn, you don't learn improv by watching somebody else do it.
1: Right. Or by Um, reading a book on it.
2: Right. Just like you can't learn how to throw a football by watching somebody do it. Like you might pick up some tips, but like, I don't even know why I'm doing a football example. I don't know how to throw a football. but. But it's the kind of thing where you've got to you've got to do it, and it's this like iterative process, and so it becomes embodied in that way. And leadership is, it's a lot about the the action that you take and that you're willing to take in the moment.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and I, I like the idea of having it repeated over. Like, so the one session was great, but it was just one session. You know, like small, smaller, but more frequent practice sessions probably make a big deal for something like that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Both in. In coaching, too, we often say, you know, like the the coaching happens outside of the session, right, because you can, you're doing something in kind of like the petri dish that is the session or the workshop, but then it's going and applying it in your real life, but then and having some accountability around that, but then also having the space to process to debrief, to get support to build awareness around what happened like that's, that's the magic is being able to actually come back and process that with others.
1: It's funny, so your your football um, example and this idea of kind of embodying is reminding me of, uh, I was coaching someone this morning who also plays golf and they have a golf coach. And it turned out that we were talking about very similar concepts about this person's, you know, performance as a leader at work that they had been talking about with their golf coach about their performance out on, Green? Green? Might in the, the at okay. The, tea? the fairway? So. <laughs> sure, yeah, the links, out on the links. But because these, these things are not so different, right? There is something to both of these about like the act of you have to kind of practice these things and feel them and try them on. And, you know, as Sarah was saying, like debrief and process and sort of feel like, what does that do for me when I try this a new way? It's a lot mm-hmm. of iterative experimentation and you can't just figure it all out, you know, on the page or by hearing about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I learned. I, when I play guitar as a kid, my guitar teacher always said that like four 30-minute practice sessions is way better than one two-hour practice session. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And you can't think your way to confidence. When we talk about developing as a confident leader, it's having enough faith and trust and confidence in yourself to try, but then it's like it's trying again and again. So you know yes the confidence is an inside job but i think that 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 inside confidence comes from actually performing the role of leader performing the role that you want to be stepping into and trying things and and i think when we were kind of processing the outcomes of leading with an improv mindset confidence was the top was the top area of growth and change that folks in the group saw confidence and security in their role, in their position, and less anxiety around making mistakes and less fear around kind of performing in front of others. Mm-hmm. Um, where performing can really, you could perform in a one-on-one, you can be performing in a in a meeting, right? We're not talking about standing on a big stage with a microphone and lots of people. Any Any time that you're stepping into a conversation, it is a performance of sorts. And I don't mean performative, <laughs> so I hope that right. that distinction is, is clear.
1: But there's a reason that we call jobs roles, right? You are stepping into a role at work, and you are you are performing in you that role. You get a performance review. Exactly, right. We use a lot of these same words in both contexts mm-hmm. um, because it is. And it's easy to blur the line into performative leadership. And again, I think people can sniff that out and become very, very dissatisfied with it. You know, performative is is absolutely a pejorative term for this kind of thing. But when someone's really performing, we mean that they are doing great. To perform is a positive, contributive act. I think. Well said.
0: Yeah, confidence yeah. is a is a it's a tough one, All right, because um I think for a lot of time for a lot of my career, I uh, especially when it comes to leadership type things and you know public speaking and dealing with squishy people situations or whatever um i thought that confidence would come from eventually getting so good that i knew that nothing would go wrong uh and i eventually had to come to terms with like that's never going to happen so the only way to be confident is to realize that when things do go wrong it's going to be okay
1: um well said beautiful
0: And that's still really, really hard for me. Like what you were mentioning earlier about the anxiety uh, before things like this, you know, worrying that like people aren't going to do well or they're going to whatever, like they won't want to participate or whatever. And then it always ends up fine. Um, That's I have that daily before, you know, any like team meeting. I'm like, people are going to be in a bad mood or they're not going to want to play with this along with this thing or they're not going to be honest. And then it's always fine, you know, but no amount of times of that happening makes me, uh, less likely to worry about it next time.
1: I want to draw a line to, to improv here, not with the typical mindsets we've been talking about, but also just kind of like, what is every actor's, right? So those are performance. Every actor's worst fear, I think, is like, what if I forget my lines? So improv jumps right into that fear and is like, yeah, what if you forgot all of your lines? Let's start <laughs> from there. What if you never even got a script? Okay, go. And the more that you kind of work that muscle, confidence comes with it because, you know, to your point, you do, you do fail at it very often and the world doesn't end, right? There will be times when things go wrong and you don't know what to do and it will still be okay. You eventually get this kind of muscle memory of things being okay. And to me, that's confidence. That's what it feels like in the body.
2: Yeah. One of the things that we don't name as an explicit mindset, but I think is we talk a lot about in In our experience is around curiosity and one of the antidotes to anxiety is curiosity so when you're in that kind of oh god what the what ifs what's going to happen it's trying to cultivate a sense of like oh what's going to happen there's some like mystery but good mystery and being curious about it and and if let's say let's play out some of those what ifs what if people do react poorly for me and jordan what if people don't want to do what you know the activity well then improv mindset let's be curious what gifts are we getting from this experience what should we taking from it and so so that that's where I have been able a bit to to curb that uh the what ifs because I'm like okay actually let's play it out I do know what I would do I do know what I would do if people really reacted strongly and negatively to what I'm doing um and that that causes some comfort for me
1: yeah i mean as an improviser i know exactly what is going to happen and how i will feel if i go out and do a scene and no one in the audience likes it even a little bit and i know because it's happened plenty of times and living through that horrible experience is just so empowering later on you know and i think that we what we're trying to do is to give people the empowerment um uh, maybe without the horror and then the shame and and the fear but to kind of like distill the same the same lessons into a a safer more playful way to kind of get at some of these life lessons
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and i'm realizing just in this conversation like if if everything is a gift then the feeling of anxiety must also be a gift and jordan i remember forever ago probably like seven years ago or something i remember you saying something about like how the feeling of nervousness can be reframed as feeling like excitement before a do i get do i have that right
1: supposedly right according according to like neurological science that i've seen from the neck down your body doesn't understand or doesn't know the difference between anxiety and excitement so when you are super anxious about getting up and you know giving that presentation at work like maybe you're actually also really excited about it your brain gets to gets to choose sort of which which path to go down but they're both equally true Anxiety just comes with a little extra whisper in your ear of like, trust me, I'm the real one. If you're afraid, you're doing it right. And I don't know where it, that comes from, but it's not true. It's not helpful. Uh,
0: yeah. And I, I think it's a pretty common like therapy technique of, of uh, instead of trying to like deny your feelings, just say like, OK, brain, thank you for giving me this feeling. And, you know, thank you for this gift. And let me just kind of put it aside here and we'll move on with my day.
2: hmm yeah the more you try to say i don't want this the more you try to reject the gift like we've all seen that blow up back in our face right it doesn't actually go away to be like i'm not i'm not scared i
0: had i had this <laughs> i had this great experience the other day where i uh i just was unhappy for unknown reasons like i was just stressed and unhappy and not feeling good and um I, like any good nerd, I went to a robot because robots understand emotions really well. And I asked ChatGPT, hey, I'm really unhappy and I don't know why. What do I do about it? And the first thing ChatGPT said is like, it's okay to be unhappy sometimes. And I was like, you're right. It is okay to be unhappy wow. sometimes. And that was like a weight lifted. Like, I don't feel good right now, but that's okay. You know, and that I don't necessarily need to change that or fix that. And it won't be forever. The robot yeah, really saved me you're that experiencing-
2: day. experiencing the range of the human emotional experience and And that's that's okay
1: yeah that's a real yes and response right like Uh yeah you you are unhappy (laughs) right now and sometimes just just having that yes of like oh right okay i am unhappy right now okay it begins to just lessen its power a bit now you can kind of build and decide like well what do i want to do next about it
0: yeah yeah because if i'm trying to shove it away that's not yes and that's very it's very no
1: that is very no it is very no. And, you know, I'm sure we've all heard that it's it's there's like a pithy sum up of it, right? That that what you resist persists, and it's That's true. Like, saying no to reality doesn't work because reality will hit back harder every time.
2: Jordan, you have so many good rhyme things. The name it to tame it. <laughs> if you if you resist it, it'll persist.
1: Those dude. are truly the only things that I can remember. I can remember things if they rhyme and nothing else. <laughs> If everyone's name rhymed, I would never forget someone's name.
0: I had a chemistry teacher in high school who said dilution is the solution to pollution. And that one's always stuck with me. If you're going to dump chemicals down the drain, just follow it with 20 gallons of water and you're fine. (laughs) That was my takeaway.
1: That's a good life lesson. Thank you, Mike. You're welcome, man.
0: (laughs) So tell me more. What have we not gotten into? What else do you want to dig into or talk about with this this training or, or with anything?
2: That's a good question. Well, yeah, because Mike, you chatted about kind of how you've been continuing to use the mindsets. Uh, I'm curious what, what you, if you were to describe your, like, what the experience was to somebody who was on the fence about signing up, we'd love to know what you would say to them.
0: Good question. If I were to describe the experience... I would say I spent most of my time smiling. I remember my my cheeks hurt by the end of it, which is a pretty good sign. Um, It was very active and not in it like usually things usually when I think of meetings where there's a lot of interactivity, it fills me with dread and I don't want to go there, you know, those types of feelings. Um, and I didn't feel like that at all. It felt very much like interactive in a way that was fun and engaging and not scary outside of just the initial nerves of like, I don't know what to expect. Um, and I met a lot of really cool people and a lot of them I'm like connected with on LinkedIn and we, you know, like each other stuff and all that from time to time, which was really neat too. That's one, that's one aspect of it that I didn't really expect. Like I thought, you know, maybe there'd be some personal growth there or whatever, but I didn't think about building connections with the types of people who would be likely to join those types of things. Um, which is a pretty cool, you know, unexpected takeaway.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I think probably Jordan and I also underemphasize the community and networking aspect of it and not networking in the way that makes you want to groan and throw up, but true kind of relationship building with people outside of your immediate team and job experience. Um, and it's really remarkable how quickly these kind of improv-based, play-based activities forge human connection. Like connection that you, you get to know people in ways that you don't by your standard. Like, what's your job? What do you do? How long? Where do you live? It's, it's like just at a di- different, more visceral, more embodied way that you get to meet people. And I think Jordan and I can definitely maybe... Take away that we should emphasize that more because it's really important.
1: Probably should. I mean, there's a reason that, you know, many improv groups tend to bond very, very tightly because you're you're doing things with each other that require like very quickly for, for you to kind of very quickly forge connection with other people. You know, if we're doing listening activities, I can't really do a listening activity unless I'm actually listening to someone. And that is one of the fastest ways to build trust and connection with another human being is by truly listening to them and truly making them feel heard. So you start practicing these skills. Yeah. And suddenly, like, you are more tightly bonded to this group than you probably would be at, you know, for an hour of taking notes quietly every week while we lectured to you.
0: This didn't, this didn't click for me until this exact moment. But I think um, a big difference for me was, like, in probably literally every other situation where there had been some sort of, like, interactive training like that, it was company mandated you know and there were just a bunch of people who probably didn't really want to be there uh, and something like this self selects for people who are in it you know and engaged and like excited and, and down with whatever we're gonna be doing um, and so I think maybe that was like a big a big part of the difference you, you pick up on that you know and you definitely pick up on on it when people just aren't aren't really into it either um, and so I've uh, like it's kind of related to this I um, started doing a really small training in my work about the coaching habit where we just, each week we'd discuss one of the chapters and then like come back next week and talk about how did it go with trying to incorporate it, whatever. Um, And I was really worried about kicking that off because I was like, what if the people don't really engage and, you know, like they show up but they don't really want to say anything. Um, And it turns out that the five people who sign up for something like that are very much five people who like really want to be there and do it. You know, and that was just it was just a great realization that like, oh, if people are there voluntarily, then it makes a big difference.
1: Totally. Yeah. You yeah. have already you've set out criteria for the kind of person that you want to be talking to in that hour right? by telling them what is the topic. Like, how are we going to run this? You're telling you're without saying it, you're you're asking for the kind of people that, who are your people to come and find you.
0: Finding my people. I love I doing love that. People.
1: And
2: and to what you were saying earlier, these are people who may be very hesitant. Like one of the one of the questions that we have on the registration form is like, what's the first thing when you think of improv? And it's it's scared. It's you know it's all those things. And so it's both people. It's 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 a really beautiful combination of people who are curious and open enough to spend their time showing up, but are also probably pretty pretty hesitant and have some concerns and fears around trying it um so it's just a really open lovely group
1: yeah and i think as we all know there's very few ways to grow without a little fear and a little discomfort yeah
0: seems like a great place to end it anything else you all want to say
1: um
2: if folks want to learn more we the this cohort actually kicks off may 2nd it'll be on tuesdays from noon to 1 eastern time if folks want to learn more about it we have a program description at bit.ly slash improv mindset hopefully we could put that somewhere but that would give you all the information if you're like yes i want to do this uh or i don't know maybe uh they can check that out
1: yeah The next cohort is going to kick off on May 2nd and we'll run on Tuesdays uh, for four weeks in the month of May. And we're really looking forward to meeting the next group, uh, the next ensemble who we're going to be playing and growing together.
0: Nice. All right. Bit.ly slash improv mindset. I can confirm that that works because I just typed it in. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, Any other plugs you all want to throw out there?
1: Uh, my other friends have a podcast that
0: just... <laughs> <laughs> you jerk care about your other friends
2: oh I, I just want to thank you mike for yeah for having us for talking about it for being an advocate of this work and and also the impressive like m- that you remembered you remembered all the mindsets you you did that eight eight months ago like practically like six somewhere between six and eight months ago you did that uh you did the original workshop so Thank you for That's being such, such an excellent student.
1: No, there's yeah. only
0: three of them, you know. If it was four, then I'd be totally screwed. Three <laughs> is just perfect number.
1: And Mike, thank you for uh, thank you for being such a such a great uh, interviewer and host today. You really helped us look good, right? You embody that improv mindset by giving us a nice, uh, nice, easy structure to talk in. So thank All you. All right. That. Thanks for having I'm,
0: us. I'm glad my zero minutes of preparation paid off for us today. It was improv on both sides. Well,
1: you improvised it beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Yeah. Thanks for coming. I thought it was a great chat. I enjoyed
1: it. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. Bye, everybody. Bye.